Welcome to the Travel Media Lab podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer and writer, entrepreneur, community builder, and a firm believer that every one of us can go after the stories we've always wanted to tell with the right support, encouragement, and structure. I'm on a mission to help women storytellers everywhere break into and thrive in the travel media space. If you're ready to ditch your fears to the side, grow your knowledge and confidence, and publish your travel stories, you're in the right place. Let's go. I recently went to Waco, Texas to lead my first ever two-day intensive workshop called Travel Media Bootcamp for 12 people interested in publishing their own travel stories and learning how to work with tourism boards. Our attendees had a first-hand experience of what it's like to be on a media trip, plus learned so much about pitching, working with tourism boards and PR agencies, storytelling, and more. We laughed a lot, met creative businesses that give Waco its vibrant feel, and, I'm not afraid to say it, created some long-lasting friendships. So today on the podcast, I wanted to share with you a small part of the conversations we've had during Travel Media Bootcamp. In this conversation, you'll learn about working with tourism boards and how this process looks like before, during, and after the trip. You'll also hear the voices of Paula Carrero, my Travel Media Bootcamp partner and travel PR veteran who represents Panama's tourism board, Susan Morton, a representative for Waco, Texas tourism board, and of course, our attendees. And next week, I'll share with you another part of this trip where you hear from Paula and get the PR agency's perspective on working with freelance writers and photographers. Our first travel media bootcamp was great success, and Paula and I are already working on our next destination. If you'd like to know when the next trip opens and which destination we'll go to, be sure to visit travelmedialab.com trip to be notified when we do. And we will uh, link to this uh, webpage on our show notes, so be sure to check it out there. All right, let's get into this episode. Actually, a lot of what I wanted to cover in my workshop, in this particular workshop, working with tourism boards, we already covered with Susan. So, no, that's great. That's wonderful. That means we're on the same page, right? That means we're all talking about the same, same things, and, and that's important. So what we're going to discuss in this particular workshop is what we do before, during, and after a press trip, right? So kind of some key things to remember there. Just a bit about me. You guys, most of you know me, but again, my name is Julia Denisuk. Travel Media Lab is my platform. It used to be called Genius Women, but we just renamed it into Travel Media Lab. Uh, you can find me on Instagram in search of perfect and Travel Media Lab is our handle. And I actually have City of Waco here, which I thought that was the official tag, but I saw you, you showed a different one. Yeah, it's um, hashtag Waco TX. Rather than tagging. Yeah, because that'll okay. go like to the government side. I mean, we're Got government, it. but we're not government So on this trip, I would so appreciate if you tagged Travel Media Lab and of course the Waco Texas hashtag. And I saw Charlie already did that this morning. Thank you so much. It, it helps immensely. Uh, I've been in the industry for six years now, working with pretty awesome publications. And now my mission is to help you publish your travel stories because when I started out in the industry six years ago this didn't exist and it was so hard for me to break into the industry I was completely new I had no contacts I had no idea how the industry worked it took me several 
years to really get a hang of it. And the pandemic actually is what started Travel Media Lab for me because I, I gave my first the travel journalism class in the summer of 2020 and I realized I love teaching and it was really special. Some of you, Ashley, are in, are in the room who took that original class and I just realized I love it. So now here we are. Uh, we have a podcast, Travel Media Lab. We have interviews with amazing uh, photographers and writers like Lola Akinmaid Ackerstrom, who is just a powerhouse in the industry. She just had a book come out. Uh, Ashley Halpern is a travel editor, a really renowned one as well. So we have lots of insights on the podcast. This season, we have an episode with Sarah Khan coming out. She's an editor-in-chief at Condé Nast Traveler Middle East. She's sharing lots of knowledge in that too, so be sure to check it out. We also have a membership, by the way, which five of you guys today in this room are in the membership, uh, which is a community where we provide extraordinary support to get the stories published that you want. Vanessa, Ashley, Kat, uh, Shelley are members. So if you're interested about that, ask me questions on this trip or ask them. Do you them. take associate members? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We can talk. We can talk about it. So working with tourism boards. So I've had quite extensive experience now working with several wonderful tourism boards. So what I want to share with you today is sort of key moments of what you do before, during and after each trip, right? So before, what you really want to do in the before stage is you want to understand if there is a fit between what your interests and your niche and your audience are and the tourism board and destination that you're traveling to. And Susan kind of mentioned, touched upon this already, but from my perspective, this is really key to understand if the place that you're going to, if it has the stories that you typically write and you know that you focus on because then when you pitch those stories to a publication especially as you start building your niche and building your portfolio you're going to start being known for specific things and when you pitch a story to, to a publication uh, you know you will have and here's where i've written on the subject before for example so it's going to be a much easier sell for you to do that if i'm talking very fast let me know uh, you can ask me questions as we go along as well uh, but so uh, from my take from my perspective this is a really key point uh, in the before stage is for you to approach tourism boards approach pr agencies that represent tourism boards like Paula, for example, um, and understand if there is a potential for you to work together, if there is a fit between what you're looking for and what they have in their destination. Where do you find these people, right? So Susan mentioned, you know, research the destination, research the convention center bureau, Google, you know, Waco, Texas tourism board, Waco, Texas convention bureau, see what's out there. A lot of times on their website, they have a section, travel media for travel journalists, media kit, media center, whatever has the word media in it. That's where you'll find all the relevant information for you. You can find them at conferences and events, right? Events like this one, for example, IMM. I always talk about IMM. They should pay me actually to be their brand <laughs> ambassador. This is a picture from IMM before COVID, but IMM is a great, a great event where you meet. It's like a speed networking uh, event where you meet Last week, two weeks ago, I was and I met, I think, 25 different tourism boards, 15 minutes appointments like this. Uh, a really great, uh, great place called intros, right? Ashley, you were asking if I just cold email you, what can I, what stands out? I think people underutilize cold intros, really, because I think if you're interested in a particular destination, it never, ever hurts to just reach out, to introduce yourself and to establish that dialogue and start building a relationship. That's the other thing that I always talk about. Maybe this one time doesn't work out. Maybe, you know, you want to go somewhere in March, but for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. 
The most important thing from my perspective, again, is to start building a relationship. Reach out to a tourism board, introduce yourself. You never know what's coming up in their events schedule later down the road that might be a fit for you later on. And the goal is to really get yourself on their press uh, press email list. I don't know if uh, you have something like this, but sometimes I now get, uh, well, actually a lot of times now I get these emails from tourism boards. Hey, we have this coming up. We have that coming up. I haven't gone to their destination yet, but because I've introduced myself at a conference or wherever else, uh, I'm now part of their email list. So, you know, I'm in the loop on what's, what's happening in the destination. And if you don't find that, just sign up for their newsletter. Nearly everybody has a newsletter. Yeah, exactly. That's that's and, and exactly you'll find that on their website as well. So this stage is really all about dialogue, right? You're introducing yourself, you're telling them what your interests are, what your focus is, and you're also asking them, by the way, what is their priority, right? A lot of times they have a strategy. This year we want to be really we really want to be placed in National Geographic this year. That's one of our key strategies. Or our market this year is really focusing on the UK readers or what, what have you, right? They, they might have different strategies. So ask them, what is your strategy and how can I help you with that, right? Notice the difference between, hey, I want a free trip and, you know, what is your strategy and how can I help you? And then the other thing I want to just mention here, which I always find this is a fascinating conversation, is a conversation about should I go on a press trip or should I go on my own, right? As a, as a freelancer, for me, this is always a consideration because, of course, press trip, the benefits of press trip are you get lots of support, right? Uh, you, you get, you know, whether, whether coming and paying for, for travel on your own, you get support, which always helps. Uh, you also get a, a lot of insider knowledge, right? They, these people are the experts of this destination. So they will hook you up with all the behind the scenes and all the off the beaten path things that you're looking for. Now, when I go on my own, I have lots more freedom. And freedom, what I mean by that, not that they're telling me what to right. cover. I mean, I have my own time, I have my own space to go as deep as I need to in any given story. And that's really priceless sometimes. Sometimes some of the stories we work on, they really require that kind of freedom. For example, if I, if I do a story on the Bedouin community in Jordan, I spend months with that community. No tourism board can ever support right. that, right? So I went on my own a lot of times, but I then developed this really deep story that, that I placed in National Geographic. So this is always a consideration. As a freelancer, that's what I'm always thinking about, right? Do I go there on a press trip and have a really structured experience or do I go there on my own time, which means I'm paying out of my own pocket for that trip, but I really then develop something deeper, right? So that's, that's something I'm always thinking about. Um, when you talked about reaching the tourism board, and an important thing as well is to know yourself and know your outreach, right? Because at IMM, we are talking about big destinations, big uh, publications, and maybe some of them are starting at this point. So maybe you want to start small. A publication such as Waco, it's a good fit for you to start and then start building your uh, portfolio. Versus if you're going to go to IMM, first you need to uh, an invitation. And then you, ha I've been there for Abu Dhabi, uh, Panama, I was going to. Uh, I'm being pitched by, you know, large publications, uh, Afar, Condé Nast. And if you're not there in to compete with that, so know yourself, what are your strengths? Because you are a very strong 
for uh, a smaller uh, destination and for a local community newspaper, for example. And you can start there and then start building from there. Yeah. It's too big, you know, out of like go to IMM and pitch Dubai, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I mean, I, th I think the, the point here is that there are conferences like IMM yes. that are as smaller in scale. Of travel writers as well, I was going to mm -hmm. mention, but I think you also need to be invited. You need SAT, to be a member the, of SATW. SATW, I've done SATW before. You need to and be invited, right? Forum and stuff, yeah. You need to be a member, and then you need you to be a member. Apply. To be yeah. a member, you need to pass. Hey, everyone. I'm interrupting myself for a quick second to share with you that I've created a resource just for you. If you want to publish your travel stories but don't know where to start, you'll love this resource. In it, I've included 10 steps you should start taking right now if you want to see your travel stories on the pages of your favorite travel magazines. Be sure to go to travelmedialab.com start to grab this free guide. That's travelmedialab.com start. All right, now back to this episode. Certain requirements. But this is actually, this is great that you bring this up, Paula, because this is something I teach all the time. How do right. you build your portfolio? You know what's number one question that people ask me on is, how do you get published in National Geographic? That's what everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to go straight for National Geographic. And, right. you know, that's great, like, shoot high for sure. But how do you get there practically? You, you get there by building your portfolio step by step, stage by stage. Right. You know, if you don't, if you've never been published and you pitch something to National Geographic, which, by the way, I did that when I first started out, <laughs> I totally like pitched them something and never heard back from them, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what happens most of the time because people do it all the, all the wrong way. You need to build the house brick by brick, right? Foundation mm -hmm. first and then higher, higher on top. So that's kind of what you're talking about, yeah. Paula, as well, which is, which is great. And then, of course, the other consideration for press trip or not is when you go on a press trip, you have to place a story. I mean, there's just no way around it, right? That's the... And from a, from a freelancer side, that puts a lot of pressure on us. And actually, the, my best experiences of working with tourism boards are when... First of all, we have those frank conversations to begin with is, you know, where do you think you can place that story? But also they understand my side of it, which is that as a freelancer, I can never guarantee placement 100% because I'm not the editorial team who can cut, rearrange, drop stories all the time. You know, I'm it's a freelancer. chicken and the egg. Absolutely. Yeah. And that tension is always there. Yeah. But the best experiences that I've had with tourism boards were where we, again, frank conversations ahead of time, where I say, this is where I usually write, this is where I'm thinking about pitching. And after that, I, that's, that's what I can guarantee you that, that I will pitch. And I can also guarantee you that I will continue pitching until I find a home for it. So you know my commitment to it and my tenacity. But I can't guarantee you that 100% this will be in National Geographic because I'm not their editor-in-chief. Only she can guarantee that, you know? So people sometimes are afraid to have these conversations for some reason. They, you know, and, and it's like there's a lot of sort of muddying the water or trying to present something you're not. I find the best approach is really to have these frank conversations ahead of time, you know? Because you mentioned that certain publications like National Geographic won't take a story that was from a press trip, but then do people want you on the press trip because you have a connection with National Geographic, so how does... Yeah, this is a very great question. Uh, by the way, National Geographic absolutely takes stories from press trips. The ones that don't, that I know of, two of them. BBC Travel 
It's in their guidelines that they don't take press trip stories and New York Times travel don't take. However, comma, I learned, by the way, at IMM this year that BBC travel also has some leeway. Somebody yeah, they, they whispered both, that They to both me. have, yeah. I mean, they say, the more professional outlets, that they cannot accept press trips. So their staff writers are not going to, to accept press trips because it's, it's not fair. But they do accept stories from freelancers who have been on press trips. The most top tier one publications, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, they are not going to commit ahead of time to you as a travel writer, but like other publications may do. But they do post stories of freelancers who have been, you know, hosted on on press trips. So yeah, there's there's leeway, and I think yeah. the way which was I thought interesting the way about BBC Travel, uh, the conversation that I had about BBC Travel is that when you pitch BBC Travel and you say, you know, you actually have to disclose, right? I went there as part of a press trip, and I had tourism board support because let's say it was in a hard to reach area or they gave me specific knowledge that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Mm-hmm. So you explain it, uh, you know, as such, and then they're open to yeah. the story, which I, I was also surprised because I, I know that BBC Travel says that they don't accept press trips, but you know. For them, for their travel uh, staff no, writers. No, not, not just for, uh, for freelancers too. It's in their pitching guidelines that they don't. I know what they have to say, <laughs> I know what they do. <laughs> um, I think the key lesson for any of us in this industry is to always ask and always always find out rather than not asking at all because that's to disclose like if you've been on this trip even ask them if it's if yeah if, if you can pitch them something based on the press trip what i mean is that i see a lot of time there's hesitancy to even ask and i think that we should always ask whatever it is you know whether is there tourism board support ask if what's the worst they can do exactly <laughs> but but why, why i bring this up is that i do see a lot of hesitancy a lot of times when people don't even ask or assume it's a no right away so i think it's and important my guess is that this is probably your experience but once you get published then it'll be easier to get published going forward and you may yeah. see that they actually come to you with ideas for stories and places Absolutely. to send you Absolutely, that's exactly the case. So this role becomes easier and easier as you go through it, you guys, so for sure. All right, during a press trip. So Susan also mentioned this too, but research, research, research. Uh, Especially if you're going on a group press trip that's really structured, you have to really maximize your time. And what I mean by that is that you have to come into it with a plan of your own, right? What you want to cover, uh, have an idea in mind of what you're there to do, what story you're there to do. And there, I also say, leave room. Because sometimes the stories might surprise you or what you find at a destination might surprise you. So you might think that you're going in to do a story on X, but you actually end up doing story on Y, right? So leave room. For, for surprises and for discoveries, but in general, know what, what it is that you want to do in that destination, right? Don't show up there and just sort of think, oh, I'm going to find out during the trip, because a lot of times these trips are really like, like they go like this, you know, and you need to really know why you need to know, because you need to then carve out time for you to go and explore it, whatever it is that you need to write about, right? Because a lot of the group press trips are, I'm telling you guys, they're really structured. Everybody goes through the same sort of highlights, of the destination, right? But then usually they leave you time uh, to explore and you, you, you can 
notice that that's how we're structuring ours as well, because that's how they usually are, right? We have all these explorations we're going to do together, but then there's time for you to go and pursue something on your own, because that's how it usually works. Take lots of notes, you know, whether it's recorded, written, photography, whatever it is that you need later on to write your story, because trust me, don't rely on your memory. Please don't rely on your memory, because... It's just gonna. It's it's not. It's not gonna be enough. You need you need lots of notes. Um, and also get all the contacts for your later follow up. Maybe right now when you go through a press trip and you're visiting some, let's say, a museum or what have you, you're there for an hour and maybe you didn't get to ask your questions. Be sure you take your that contact so later on you can reach out, have a Zoom call, whatever it is that you need, and and do that follow up later on. And your CVV is always a resource for contacts for. Mm-hmm places you've been. Absolutely. And also realize that not everything will go according to plan. And that's absolutely okay. Especially if you go to some interesting destinations like this picture is in Rwanda, press trip in Rwanda. And of course, have fun, right? This is why we're here in this job because we love travel, we love exploring. So the more fun you can make it for yourself, the better. In terms of context, I would add also, like uh, Susan now have organized for you a complete itinerary with restaurants and hotels. So you can also have their contact information of those restaurants and specifically for the hotels, because then we're going to talk tomorrow about that. But you can go directly to the hotels to enhance your chances of being hosted directly by them without necessarily having to say anything to the tourism board. So the, the, the contacts from the PR or marketing hotels are very important for, uh, for you and uh, for influencers content creators and those who are started. They have much better chance to be hosted directly by the hotels. Any questions for the during? All right. And then after, the after period is also very important, right? So after you return, you have to place the story. And that's where a lot of times, that's where the real work begins. A lot of time people ask me, should I pitch before I go or after I go? This is a very, very common question I get. I always recommend that you pitch publications after you come back from the press trip and you can already see that tension rising its head again right because when you're talking to a tourism board they want to know where are you going to place the story where are you pitching this and that's where also knowledge of your own interest knowledge of the con- uh, publications you want to work with becomes important because at that point when you're talking to the tourism board you have to be able to say i'm planning on pitching this to xyz i think it will be a great fit there right But I recommend that you pitch after you return because your pitch will be much stronger when you return than before you left. And I I have to jump in and say the contrary. I I love this. I love this, by the way. I love this, right? You see, you're seeing both perspectives here. I love it. No, I think that to have better chances, and that's also something that we're going to discuss tomorrow, to be hosted, have at least one story so ahead of time at least one story then you can continue doing this and selling more stories to have more income and enhance your outreach but at least one story so to secure your spot so yeah i love this conversation <laughs> how would that work then you invite people and then they would have to pitch and then say i think i can get like do you then choose you have a strong relationship with a travel editor or an editor of a a community paper and you tell them i am going to go to waco this is where you're going to write about are you interested and you build the relationship with the editor and he will tell you yes if you go there and you write and you uh, i trust you i've seen your portfolio whatever go and you have my say that you'll have 
a, a spot there. You're saying you have better chances of getting on a press trip yes. if you can get. So if you got at least that story sold, I'd say, okay, well, I now I'm gonna move with support with you being hosted because I know that at least you have that conversation going. Then maybe you can sell more stories. Like uh, Julia said, after the trip, continue selling more stories. Better for me, but at least you have that story. If I host you, if we host you, and we pay for transportation, hotel, restaurant, and everything, and you produce nothing, we are in trouble. For example, we had recently, we get a lot of girls trips here. And recently we had some travel writers reach out to us and they wanted to do a travel writers girls trip. And so we did, we didn't do their transportation, but we did their lodging and attraction tickets and stuff. And, you know, it worked out really well. And I actually wound up getting them in the Harp house and there were eight of them. So that was kind of it was very different from this because they were on their own while they were here, but they were people who already knew each other, who all had different platforms that they... So they basically pitched you mm -hmm. what they wanted to do. I have a very important distinction here because what actually what Paula is talking about, what I am talking about are two different things. When I say pitch after you return, I'm talking about your... The travel say, editors, right? I'm talking about pitch a new a new publication that you've never worked with right. your pitch is going to be much stronger after you return yeah. you know your angle you know you have lots of details if you have a relationship with a publication you absolutely will reach out to them beforehand this is happening to me right now in national geographic for example we have such a great relationship now that it's okay for me to email them and say hey i'm thinking about going here and pursuing a story about x would you be interested so i'm getting right. that sort of soft approval ahead of time. Right. Yeah, I guess my question is more to get on that press trip if you don't have that experience, like to get that invitation. So do you, how do you, how does that work? Do you send out, do people apply to get on a press trip or how does? Normally every site, they have a section there that nobody reads that says, <laughs> uh, if you want to come on a press trip, complete your information there. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to work directly with the tourism board PR or the PR agency, um, but they're not going to come to you. No. Unless you are, you know, like a, a very top travel writer. So say you had an idea or you pitched, then you would approach to see if they have a press trip coming up to, to then try to... They'll organize the press trip. It's, you know, the, the chicken and the egg. They yeah. organize the press trip once they have a group. I mean, they, they are not pre-scheduled press trip. I wish, but three times a year. It's not like that. It's normally, okay. We have the batches, let's bring the group and then we start pitching media that, that works. But you're not gonna come on a press trip if at least you don't have one story secure. And uh, what I ask is, okay, have you been talking with any editor ahead of time? Like she said she has a good relationship with the National Geographic. She can tell me, yeah, I mean, they already published this. And one trick. To come um, some outlets like it used to be Huffington Post, <laughs> Forbes. You can become a columnist on Forbes, and in turn, I don't like it because everybody can write about it, anything right now. But international destinations love Forbes. It has a great outreach. If you told me I'm a columnist at Forbes, at least that I'm like, okay, well then I can apply. You know your information and put, okay, oh wait, this writer is gonna write a piece here. She is going to have X amount of uh, followers or readership, and that works. And then you can keep on selling stories. So, so and what she's talking about is that 
Forbes structure is different than any other publications. It's not that you're pitching to a specific editor. It's that I think you already have you have to uh, you have to apply to become a contributor to their platform, and then you have freedom to publish whatever you want on their platform. It's like you are yourself at the stuff. It's like you're a blogger at Forbes, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if somebody comes to you and and tells you, "I'm a Forbes travel contributor." I'm like, okay, I'm listening. And yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one way. But I think Vanessa to put some color to, to to this, it's a lot of sense, it's very individual. It's all about conversations, right? Communication is key. So it's all about it's all about communicating what you can or cannot do at this moment in time. And then the tourism board decides if it fits with what they want to do. You know, a lot of times there's individual press trips too. So uh, a lot of times it's not it's not a group press trip. A lot of times they cannot give you full support, but they can give you some support. You know, yeah. so it's all like it's a, it's very fluid. But I think for me, no editor is going to say yes, we will take the story before you went on a trip. They can give you a soft approval they can say yes i'm interested pitch me but that works that works that's that's enough i mean we used to ask an assignment letter from the editor (laughs) and they would come and say what and the freelancer would be like i can't give you Uh, but now if you can show me that you've been talking to the editor with an email, you know, and that you have a good or relationship. Or published with them in the past. Oh, you publish. I'm like, okay, it seems like it's true. So, yeah. And yeah. I think the other point to this is actually what I think, Susan, you said it, that's, you know, something about people who want to come and just have a free trip. I had this conversation at IMM a couple of weeks ago where a tourism board told me, okay, Yulia, you're, you're a professional. I'm like, what do you mean I'm a professional? She's like, you come in, you pitch yourself, you know what you're talking about, you know. She's like, you know how many people come here and they just want a free trip? Mm-hmm. So understand this, the environment in which you're working on. These people, they're burnt by the, the fact that many people just come and they just want a free trip. So if you're starting that conversation, you're like, here's where I'm, I've been published, here's where the editor I'm talking with. And by the way, I'm going to keep pitching this until this finds a home. They will be more than uh, happy to work with you, I think, because they see, okay, this person doesn't just want a free trip. They're a professional in this industry who, you know, so I think, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that yeah. uh, also... I think at IMM, what I get the most is people that content creators or influencers that wants to sell. And that's something that we're going to talk again uh, tomorrow. But we are PR, earned media. We don't buy. I mean, in the case of Susan, she has some um, view to do marketing, but we don't buy in mar- in partnerships or sponsorships. It's like... It's a different department. It's a different <laughs> department. So I'm like, oh my God. And... Um, Which is what we talked about yesterday. Who most the influencers here, right? in social? They don't get it. It's like, yeah. Gabby, you have tons of money. Oh, <laughs> let me explain you this. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's good to know that ahead of time. And we're gonna talk tomorrow. But it's the marketing department and the PR department, and the money for content creation comes from marketing. And in the large tourism boards, they don't even communicate that much. Mm. So the the PR person doesn't have budget to pay to content creation, but they can help you with hosting opportunities. So it's good to know that. Yeah. And every tourism board has a different kind of budget. 
That's true. Yeah. So on that note, and by the way, the more media trips you do, the better you will get at pitching. Just like anything else, I, t- I say this all the time, the more pitches you do, the better your pitches will be. This applies also to pitches that come out of media trips, right? Like some of my pitches from four or five years ago, I look at now and I cringe. And some of my stories <laughs> I look at and I cringe. But that's the evolution that you have to go through. And the only way to go through that evolution is by doing the work. That's how you get better. And then finally, there are opportunities everywhere to, to work with tourism boards. The one thing that we actually discussed this in the membership, I think a couple of months ago, your local tourism board of the place where you live is an underutilized uh, resource, you guys, because there, there's much less pressure. They don't need to sponsor you for, for a flight right? You can start working with them as your local tourism board and start developing that relationship, start building that experience. Reach out and introduce yourself. I'm a travel writer who lives in your area. Let's work together, right? It's so underutilized, I find. And always the, the goal is to start start a relationship, a long-term relationship with, with the media, with a tourism board, with a publication. It's all about long-term relationships, you guys. Not a one-time interaction, not a one-time pitch, one-time trip. For me, at least, that's how I view this. It's, a, it's always about building long-term relationships. And that's it for the, this part of the presentation. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed hearing a bit about how our Travel Media Bootcamp in Texas went. And if so, please consider leaving us a review so that more listeners could find our show. I can't stress how important it is for us to get reviews of our podcast. It really helps us to get in front of more people who might enjoy our show. So if you've been inspired by something you heard today or in any other episodes of our show, please consider leaving us your review. That's one of the best ways you can support our podcast. And don't forget, if you'd like to know when the next Travel Media Bootcamp opens and which destination we'll go to, be sure to visit travelmedialab.com slash trip to be notified when we do. That's T-R-I-P. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week when we'll hear from the travel PR industry veteran, 